welcome everyone to the Paranormal Umbrella. I am your host, Kellick, and I will actually be standing in for Sooth tonight. And we have our wonderful voice actors, Dylan and Tina, with us. Hi! Hi, baby! And we are going to be continuing on with warnings to the wannabe cryptid hunters. So my ex is back. Mm. Done. Gotta done. love it when. Done. Gotta love it when the ex comes back. You gotta love it. Isn't it just great? <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> so yes, we will be continuing on with that, and we will be doing parts eleven and twelve today. Mm-hmm. So, should we go ahead and get started? We should yes. probably tell them that you know it gets emotional, so you know. Oh, oh yeah. Um, there is a slight warning. Uh, there will be a little bit of gore, just a tad bit, and, and the feels. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. Definitely it, going to hit the feels. It's going to hit. If you are sensitive to the topic of death, um, maybe you shouldn't listen to this podcast. You might want to wait till the next time when we do the readings. But, it, you know, it's fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it. The Don't worry about it. Yourself? I'm going to hold it against you. You know yourself, if you can handle it, awesome. Mm-hmm. If you can't, we totally understand. I only judge you if you don't follow the Twitter, you know, if y'all, <laughs> which is still waiting for y'all to follow. Why have y'all follow not our followed? socials? Please. Like, can you which you can, it, you can find soul, that Twitter you link. Do. You can find that Twitter link on our solo link. Uh, and that is everywhere that our podcast is. So yep. uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google. I think as well. Yep. So, like, you have no excuse to follow the Twitter. That's the only time I'm going to judge you. Anything else, you good. <laughs> Unless judging you like clowns, then I'm going to judge you for that, too. <laughs> Unless you like clowns, then I'm judging you for that as well. So. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I think everybody should be judged on clowns. Uh-uh. What the sound did you just make? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I will leave. You will know. Hell no. Da, 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 da. Okay, <laughs> I'm a da, 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 out my out this damn podcast. Keep playing, keep playing. Y'all gonna have to do all the voices. <laughs> all right. So warnings to the wannabe cryptid hunters. So my ex is back. All right. Started today. Started off really shitty and only progressively got worse. I had spent the night drifting in and out of a nightmare-plagued, uneasy kind of sleep. So I I woke up with puffy, bloodshot eyes and all the beautiful complexion of a corpse. I tried saving what I could with a wash and some cream, but I still looked like I had been floating bottom-up in a lake for the last six hours. Of course, this also had to be the day that Jace Hetman arrived. Yes... I'm glad he's here. Yes, I know my appearance should be the least of my concern. But isn't it kind of natural not to want to present as a train wreck when you're meeting with your ex? I simply don't want to be the kind of person that makes you wonder why, why you ever liked them in the first place. Casimir and I were having breakfast when the doorbell rang. I froze up. You know, that's probably him. My brother remarked with a mouthful of fried egg, pointing at the door with his coffee mug. (sighs) Probably, I said meekly. Well, aren't you going to let him in? 
could you do it for me? Uh, what? Answer the door. I bit my lip. Uh, I, I kind of don't want to. You're not seriously going to hide behind me, are you? He came all this way. He, he's your ex, not the leshy. Well, he might as well have been. I know, Cass, just please. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay, but when I come, when we come back in here, you will have pulled yourself together and will face him like a normal person. I swear, I said solemnly. Casimir sighed, pushing himself to his feet and marching out into the hallway. My heart was pounding like there was no tomorrow. At the same time, I was painfully aware of the disconnect between my body and mind. Sometimes your soul being missing doesn't make your negative emotions duller, just worse and even more uncomfortable. I tensed up hearing the muffled voices of the two men as my brother welcomed Jace Hetman inside. Hey man, how you doing? Did you get here okay? And there it was again, that goddamn stupidly thrilling voice. It had lost absolutely none of its charm. It was de- as deep and as rough and husky as ever. Yeah, thanks. I travel all the time. It's nothing. I rose to my feet, keeping my hand on the kitchen counter for support. Cass strode right back in, sitting down across from me once more to nurse his coffee, but the man following him stopped dead in the doorway. For a moment, I just stared at him, and he stared back with those same inkwell eyes. They were about the only thing on him I recognized. Jace had grown his hair out. It hung just past his shoulders in thick black locks, perfectly matching the neatly groomed full beard he sported. This had to be illegal or something. Why, oh why, was that what I was thinking about right now? He held my gaze, slightly tilting his head. I mirrored the movement. Are either of you two going to say anything, or should I start? (laughs) Casimir asked from behind me, which was when I realized that we'd been standing in total silence for like a full 20 seconds. I opened my mouth to speak, producing nothing but a dry croak. I cleared my throat to begin again. Uh, hi. Uh, hi. Thank you so much for coming. I wasn't sure you'd go through with it. Why is that? I don't know. I just... I just felt like I gave off a weird vibe online, you know? Nothing wrong with that. It was a weird situation. He he shrugged off his fluffy coat, hanging it up on the wall, only for it to fall right back down. He chuckled (laughs) awkwardly, bending down to pick it up. Don't stare at his butt. Don't stare at his butt. All right, then. What's this about? Has to be huge. Has to be a huge scrape if you're, uh, if you've decided to look me up. For the first time in over a decade. The last part came out through gritted teeth before his voice trailed off. Should I have looked you up before? What? No, of course not. So we don't like each other? Not one bit. I I would have called you if I wouldn't have called you if it wasn't important, and you're the most capable magician I know. Also kind of the only one, but I left that part out. If you want money, we can totally come to an... Shush, shush, shush. I'm not look. I'm not taking your money. And for what it's worth, I'm sorry about what happened back there. Just so that's out of the way. 
No, I, I handled it horribly. I kept leading you on and... And I reacted like a total psychopath. I shouldn't have done that. I was miserable, and I wanted to make you miserable. I shouldn't have. You were right for for blowing up at me, for being angry. I deserved that, and I'm sorry. I don't even fucking mind the wedding dress. He gave me a once-over, straining a smile. It looks good on you. Thanks. Has your chest healed over? No, but thanks for asking. Silence. Casimir let out a low groan. Uh, all right, guys. I'm just going to step in here before this gets awkward or anything. Let's have a seat. We'll talk this out and let, uh, let's let bygones be bygones, okay? So we did, and it cleared the air a little bit. Jace was clearly just as uncomfortable in my presence as I was in his, but he seemed surprisingly eager to assist us. Do you still, <clears throat> Do you still have the note? He asked when I handed it to him. He examined it very closely, turning it over, smelling and ripping at it. Here's what we can do. We're going to need your fireplace. Cass was on his feet in a heartbeat. Great, I'll get it started. So, who is that guy? Jace asked under his breath after a short period of silence. Oh, uh, I never said. Casimir is my little brother. The kid who walked in in on us that one time? The very same. Cass commented over his shoulder, shuddering at the memory. Fire's going. What now, Captain? Fiona's note. It's made out to you. So the action's on your part. The cool thing about fireplaces is they can do things that normal heaters just can't. Jace rose to his feet, walked over to the crackling fire, and motioned for us to follow. The flickering lights reflected in his pitch-black eyes. He gave us a lazy grin before smacking his lips and hurling a ball of spit into the flames. They immediately burned up, roaring so loudly I shrunk back. It's okay. It's ready now. You gotta talk to it. First, tell it who you love most in the world. I smiled hesitantly. Casimir Novak, I called into the fireplace. My brother let out a soft cooing noise beside me. Now who you hate the most? Wannabe internet cryptid hunters. <laughs> That's not going to work. It wants names. Well, there isn't anyone in particular, I argued. Just think of someone. There's got to be someone. Um, Joelle McKenna. From high school? Mm-hmm. She was super mean. Eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Last time I heard, she was doing crappy. Her husband divorced her because she was having an affair, and then the fling guy left her too. How do you know all that? Uh, I was the fling guy. Okay, people, focus. Now, the person you miss the most. Anya Novak, I said softly. Right, Anya. Can we talk about that later? I never found out how she passed. I nodded, and he handed me the note. Toss it in. I did, and the flames roared again. This time, however, I found my my own voice being thrown back at me. Tom Hayes, the fire uttered, sounding exactly like me. 
Then the flames collapsed into ashes, leaving the fireplace in total silence. Cold anger crept its way into my core, and I balled up my fist. Tom Hayes. There you have it. That's the one who wrote the note. That's one of my employees, I confirmed, nodding along. I guess it's good to know, but my hands are still tied. I want my soul back. About that. Why'd you never tell me you you were soulless back when we were together? (laughs) Could you have done something about it? Yes, and I gladly would have. So why not? I didn't respond. Only buried my face in my hands. You didn't trust me, did you? You were afraid of me. Jace's voice was flat and subdued. Can we move on from this, please? Okay. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I know I fucked up, I swear. It's okay. He repeated, and I spotted the muscles tensing in his jaw. So, about my mom. I began wishing desperately to change the the subject. How'd you hear she'd passed? Friends, downstairs, you know. He held both his index fingers to either side of his head to indicate horns. We got comfortable on the sofa again, and Cass joined us with something to drink. Resting my hands on my voluminous skirt, I cleared my throat. Jace, I never meant to keep you away from her. She'd asked about you all the time, and I just felt so shitty. I'm really sorry. When he replied, it was with a set jaw and deeply sorrowful eyes. That was on me. I could have visited any time, sure. I didn't because I was scared of seeing you. But it was still my decision, you know. So what happened to your mother? I let out a deep sigh, bracing myself. Here's what I told him. Of course, writing this down allows for a more personal reflection, but Jace got the gist of it all. My mother was never a meek woman. She had long since lost her sense of wonder at what the forest had met, had to offer. Most of the time, unless one of the creatures we encountered presented an immediate danger to us, it would rather annoy than frighten her. I don't think there was much that ever could truly scare her, and yet she spent the last, the days leading up to her death riddled with fear, slowly going insane with her own four walls. Nothing could have prepared us for how she would meet her end. When the signs began to show, it was already too late. It started with the two of us standing on the porch one sunny winter day, looking out at the tree line and the red meadow in the distance. Mom cocked her head, frowning at something I couldn't see. Eventually, I asked her what she was staring at. Mm. There's a face in that tree trunk over there. She said softly, pointing at a large, wide pine. I squinted. I I don't see anything. Oh. (laughs) Sounds like I'm in trouble, then. In trouble? Why? The the holder folk, honey. The hidden people. Should I know them? No one should. I didn't think I'd ever have to bring them up to you. Are you okay, Mom? I don't think so, honey. 
I said nothing more, only hugged her. I could already tell that something bad was about to happen, but I had no idea what we were actually in for yet. The real horror began that same night. Mom had been weirdly quiet the entire time, uncharacteristically so. We were sitting side by side watching TV together when she started mumbling. (laughs) I couldn't make out what she was saying. It all sounded like freakish, incoherent gibberish. It reminded me of how the Bannock spoke, but with this, I wasn't able to make out any actual words in between. The familiar feeling of dread started creeping up in my chest, but this time, it was much more intense considering how relatively mild the situation itself was. This wasn't some kind of ghost thumping around in the house or the leshy glaring at me with his glowing eyes. This was my mother, acting incredibly strange. Mom? I cautiously placed a gentle hand on her shoulder. Her whispering got louder, more frantic, (laughs) but remained completely intelligible. I broke into a cold sweat. Mom? I asked again even more tentatively. She raised her voice into an ear-piercing screech. Her mouth mouth opened wider than I thought possible. It lasted for around three seconds before ceasing abruptly. Mom sank back into her seat, an empty, absent look on her face. Her chest was slowly rising and falling, shallow breaths slipping through her lips. She then turned to face me. Forgive me. You need to forgive. You need to. <laughs> she trailed off suddenly, wheezing for air before leaning in a little closer. You need. You need to take the fire, the fire and the flesh, Fiona. <laughs> she slumped over before throwing her head back in one sharp, swift, violent motion. A grumbling, rough laugh erupted from her throat. (laughs) Oh, my God, I miss my son. I was close to tears at this point, shaking like a leaf. I was clueless as to what was going on, but I knew it was not good. I knew it was detrimental. Marion and Jem? I whispered, trying desperately to wrap my head around what she was trying to tell me. Everything's gone, gone. Everything's going so green. She pressed out every <coughs> syllable that left her mouth a hard cough. For you, for you too, my child. Not now, not soon, but someday. Please, Mom, I, I don't understand. She fell silent. Then she then got to her feet and started walking towards the staircase her gait robotic and unnatural. I immediately went to follow her, feeling a tad woozy upon rising. Dad was standing at the foot of the stairs, and she pushed him aside with astounding force, sending him screaming and tumbling onto his back. Ah, Anya, what the fuck? What's going on? I shook my head. I think he could see the panic in my eyes as I hurried after Mom, only to realize that she was heading for the bedroom. Why my parents still shared a sleeping space despite their obvious distaste for one another was beyond me. 
She slammed the door shut behind her, leaving me to stand in the hallway, gaping like a terrified idiot that I was. The only thought that was of any comfort to me was that perhaps she'd be back to normal in the morning. Quite the opposite turned out to be the case. After a night of uneasy sleep, I went downstairs expecting to be the first one awake. The second I reached the foot of the stairs, I was hit by a wall of stench. I could hear flies buzzing somewhere in the kitchen. It was loud, really loud. There had to be a whole swarm of them. Why were they in here? How did they get in? Pinching my nose, I proceeded into the living room, step by cautious step, wobbling legs carrying me closer and closer to the kitchen. I stopped in my tracks upon laying eyes on the long table, or rather what was on top of it. There, lying smack in the middle, was a doe's carcass, bones jutting up out of its flesh in places, and its limbs were twisted, sticking out at weird angles. The flies had already covered, had already gathered on nearly every inch of the body. Plates had been set up all around the cadaver, along with cups and cutlery. At the top of the table, reclining in her chair, was my mother. In her hand, she was cradling a glass of what I dearly hoped to be wine. She turned her head to face me. Her features are stiff and unreadable mask. Mm. Some breakfast, honey. And thus ends part 11. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to get a new mother. It's time to get a new one. (laughs) Put it in the trash and get a new one. Not okay. (laughs) This one is not working right. All right. Who poured water on this one? This one is not functioning correctly. (laughs) Who did it? You fed it after midnight now. <laughs> you fed oh, man. midnight now. Here we go. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not okay. I don't want button eyes, Mom. <laughs> right? Can I have my mother back? The other mother's creepy. Oh, man. Now, part 12 picks up from, like, right at the end. Yeah. Drives right so, in. Yep. Shall we get into it? All right. Again, another warning for, uh, you know, death and sensitive topics regarding death. So if just you're in case not they okay skip halfway that, through, you have to skip them. You know, right. if you're not okay with that, this, this one we're about to read got it, got it heavy. So it does. So I don't judge unless you don't follow the social media. So, or like clowns <laughs> or listening, mannequins. Listening discretion is advised. Yes. Okay, let's do it. All right. Warnings to the wannabe cryptid hunters, How My Mother Died, Part 12. Taking in this sick display my mother had greeted me with, I was unable to contain my terror. The way the slaughtered doe's glazed eyes looked up at me, my mother's completely vapid stare as penetrating as it was numb while she kept nursing that fucking wine glass. It was too much. I doubled over and emptied my stomach onto the floor. What had become of my mother? I had this feeling of disconnect again, like my body wasn't mine to control. My soul's absence was making itself painfully noticeable in my state of distress. Nevertheless, I found my fingers trembling 
as beads of cold sweat ran down my skin. My guts were still churning, and I was whimpering like a dying cat. Mom? I pressed out, tears rolling down my cheeks. Please, I want my mom back. I don't know why that was the only thing I could think to say, but my, my mind was in another place entirely. The carnage didn't matter anymore. The buzzing noises didn't matter anymore. All that mattered was my mother. Just to remind you, I was in my mid-twenties when this happened, but my fear for my mother was reducing me to a much more vulnerable state. I felt like a kid again, and I was just about ready to pee my pants, but I had to pull myself together. I took a cautious step towards the familiar woman who was sitting there, unmoved, in a bloodbath of her own creation. I extended my hand towards her. Mom? Let's go upstairs. Let's go lie down. But I just slept the whole night long. I think it hasn't been quite enough. I pressed out, trying to hide the tremor in my voice. Hmm. Oh, if you say so. But remember, you're a part of him and he's a part of you. Who? Ignoring my question, she latched onto my arm. He's a deep, he has a deep, deep lust for you, Fiona. But don't be afraid. It's the same lust he has for everyone and everything. But because we're all a part of him, you know? Uh, I, I don't understand, I muttered, voice brittle. I had a feeling she was trying to tell me something of actual relevance, but whatever madness had taken hold of her didn't let her. It'll be over soon. He never needed me, but he's getting old. Old, 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 and, 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 and so vulnerable. He'll need you, and you'll need him. <laughs> his love is lust his lust turns into hunger and, and, and then and then he can, keeps confusing the three mom what are you talking about oh it'll be over soon honey don't worry so much and, and I'm, I'm sorry for the mess she let out another sigh as I guided her into her <sighs> her bedroom, and allowed her to gently lower herself down on the mattress beside Dad. He had already sat up and was regarding us in bewilderment, but I motioned for him to stay quiet. I do so miss my little boys. Oh, and the one with the fire in his throat? I'll miss that one, too. I swallowed audibly as I reached for the blanket to tuck her in. She looked so tiny all of a sudden. Hmm. <laughs> I love you, Fiona. This is going to be the hard part. She whispered, her head hitting the pillow, and she drifted off to sleep in an instant. My father and I exchanged stupefied glances. You don't want to see what happened downstairs, I informed him. I've got to go clean up. Keep the others up here until I've given you the green light. We need to talk about getting her admitted later. 
we'll have to call a doctor or something. I don't know. I don't know. I started trudging down the stairs. Our house had gotten very empty over the last couple of years. Jem had already left us a long time ago. Cass had launched his career and moved out a couple years prior, so my sisters were the only kids who still stayed at our place, aside from myself. For as long as I can remember, it had been set in stone that I would be the one to inherit the land. I think my mother had known from the very moment she popped me out, and she'd started making her expectations very clear to me in my early 20s. Honestly, part of me had already known that there was no escape for me, no life outside the forest. I spent many years in denial about that. By the time this happened, though, I knew my place. I knew it was it would always be me who'd have to deal with the, the bloody shit. I got nauseous several times while tidying up the kitchen. The dough wasn't particularly easy to carry, and the flies and the stench didn't help. At some point, I just sort of mentally disconnected from everything. My mind was somewhere far, far away, while my hands picking up and scrubbing the plates and wiped the blood off the table... My legs carried me out the door as I dragged the dough outside, leaving a bald valley in the fresh snow as I crossed the yard with the cadaver in tow. My back was starting to hurt. I let go of the dough and straightened up to stretch, only to bump into someone who'd been standing right behind me. I whipped my head around to find myself face to face with the leshy who had mercifully adopted his human form lest I would have likely suffered cardiac arrest. Hmm. Bring me food there, Eris. He pointed at the dough. Well, you can have it, I guess, I muttered, still sort of shaken. You just... you just give me shit otherwise, right? Oops. I probably shouldn't have talked like that to the Lord of the Woods. It had kind of just slipped out. I was still in a daze, my tongue acting on its own. I was already preparing for hell to break loose, but the less she actually started smiling. <laughs> oh, I'll give you more than enough shit in your lifetime, Fiona. Fiona. Hearing my name from him was always beyond creepy. I gritted my teeth but refrained from commenting. What's not now? Although, I do like the company while I eat. Please, no, I mumbled unwearily. His smile grew wider as he pointed at the ground. See it. <sighs> I sighed very deeply before gathering my skirt at my sides and plopping down. I tried not to watch as the leshy knelt down, setting his cudgel aside and reaching out his hand, proceeding to plunge it into the carcass, somehow instantly piercing the skin. His fingers coaxed a disgusting, quelching noise from the doe's insides as he started rummaging around in them. Just as I thought the sound was going to make me throw up again, he pulled his arm back out, producing something red and drippy. It took me a while to realize it was the doe's heart. He held it out to me. Take a bite. No, thank you. Take a bite. Thanks, but seriously, no. Fiona? 
This time it sounded like a threat. So I started crying. The leshy just kind of looked at me with wide eyes before sinking his teeth into his heart, into the heart himself, chewing pensively. What's wrong? He asked, not bothering to swallow before speaking up. I kept bawling, gurgling incoherently. The wood demon, who was beginning to look a, a little put off, but he decided he didn't stop eating. We must, we must be, have been quite a sight sitting there together. I think I was starting to make him uncomfortable if he was able to feel something of that sort. There, there. Re- relax. I need you to hold still for a moment. Somehow I was overcome by the sudden urge to obey. He grabbed my face and pried my mouth open. I was too shocked to move. It just happened so fast. He leaned down and spat the sink, the stinking foul red mush his teeth had turned the doe's heart into right down my throat. He held my gaze the entire time, clasping my mouth shut the second the last bit of red had landed on my tongue. My fear reflected in his steely eyes. Tears kept rolling down my face. You need to swallow. Now. I shook my head letting out a choked sob as I tried to ignore the rotten taste. I'm not letting you go until you swallow. Come on, don't make this any harder than it needs to be. Trust me, you'll thank me for this. Something about his tone was oddly disarming. I squeezed my eyes shut, grimaced, and gulped it down. He removed his hand, and I stuck out my tongue to prove there was nothing left, The effect hit me immediately, and I was overcome by a serene, pulse-slowing calmness. The tension disappeared from my shoulders, and I let go of a long breath, wiping the tears from my puffy red cheeks. It feels good, don't it? This is sure to make me sick, I grumbled. It won't. Sure, it'd be tastier if it were fresher, but serves the same purpose. The flesh of a doe from these woods steals the nerves when consumed raw. Huh. Why'd you have to make me eat the heart, though? Well, because it's the best part. (laughs) I saw your mother slay this one last night. She looked quite out of it, waltzing through the darkness with that machete on her. I I think she's dying, I blurted out. I don't know what's going on with her. She seemed fine yesterday, but then she started talking about the, the Hulda folk and whatever that is, and now she's just gone completely crazy. She's not making any sense. I had to catch my breath before carrying on, but the less she merely held up a hand to cut me off. I'll warn you not to speak too loudly of the Hulda folk. There are forces here that even I find difficult to control. I understand this would be hard for you, gentle soul. But trust that all the pain and the grief shall pass someday. And that I'll leave with you. And what... That's what I'll leave with you. Return to your mother's. Stay by her side. And if you can, bid her farewell from me too. 
So she really is going to die? The holy folk have to pay their total hell heirs. He I'll stood take... up and, to my surprise, helped me to my feet. I'll take care of the carcass off your hands. What belongs in the woods will be mine again. Run along, Vench. Not wanting to overstay my welcome, I headed back to the house as fast as I could. I didn't think that the leshy had lied to me, and that assumption was confirmed when I heard a hair-raising cry the moment I burst through the front door. It was my mother's voice, agonized and frightened, coming from inside the master bedroom. I found my father at the top of the staircase, looking down at me and frantically motioning for me to hurry. We hastened down the hallway together, telling the girls to stay in their rooms as they briefly stuck their heads out. We shoved open the bedroom door just in time to see Mom crawling off the bed on her hands and feet, facing the ceiling in a grotesque spider-like manner, howling like a banshee. It was probably the most horrific, gruesome sight I have ever had the displeasure of beholding, but the doe's heart had not yet ceased to affect me. The unnatural, relentless calm allowed me to break through my mental fog and rush to my mother's side, gathering her frail, writhing body in my arms and forcing her into a hug. Dad was screaming. In fact, he couldn't stop screaming. He was clawing at the skin on his own face, tugging on his hair and wailing, until I turned and told him to finally shut up. I understood the sentiment perfectly, but the daughterly instinct of mine told me that these were my mother's last moments. I didn't want her to meet her death surrounded by panic or despair. Mom, I whispered to her as the haze in her eyes let up. Her chapped lips stretched into a wan smile. She didn't say anything, merely grasped my arms with her fingers. Her hand was incredibly cold. I pulled her a little closer and she let out a low moan. Fiona. Mommy, I'm here. Is it okay? Sure. Everything's okay, Mom. Fiona, I'll be going now, okay? I know. Are you... Are you going to be okay? I'll be fine, Mommy. I buried my face in the crook of her neck as she weakly wrapped her arms around my shoulders. I'll see you when you're ready, okay, honey? She muttered into my ear before her head dropped onto my chest. I sat there on the floor, cradling her until I was afraid her body would begin to stiffen. I laid her out on the bed. Her eyes were shut, her mouth slightly curved. I hadn't expected this, but she actually looked peaceful. The minutes preceding her death had been fearful and excruciating, but the moment itself had been harmonious. The ground was frozen and rock hard when Dad and I dug out the grave. It wasn't easy, but we managed. We laid her to rest beneath the red meadow, calling everyone she was close with, as well as the extended family. Jem didn't show up, but Cass obviously came, and so did Mom's sisters and brother from out of state. We hosted a small gathering at our house. Cass and the girls cried their eyes out. Dad kept his composure during the funeral service, but 
Afterwards, he was never the same. No matter how often they fought, no matter how many times mom had cussed him out and he compared her to other women, her demise left him adrift and just utterly shattered. As soon as my sisters were out of the house, he moved to some sunny place where he could ogle bikini babes and pretend he hadn't lost the love of his life. So I told all this to Jace as we sat on the couch, most of it at least. Uh, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to open any old wounds. I regarded him with a tilted head. You haven't seen Mom down there by any chance, have you? In hell? No, that, that, that's not quite how it works. Not everyone gets that kind of afterlife. His eyes were glistening a little. Sorry. He repeated, stealthily wiping the moisture away. It's cool. Cass had wrapped his arms around me from behind, his chin on my shoulder. Come here, man. Triple hug. I know she meant a lot to you. Jace gave him a weird look, but after a moment of consideration, very briefly joined us to form a warm, comfortable sandwich. After a few seconds, he drew back and awkwardly cleared his throat. <clears throat> Two things. Remember that dog I had with me sometimes? Yeah, sure do. It's not still around by any chance, is it? Actually, yeah, I replied. We ran into it a couple of days ago. Seemed to miss you a lot. It still knew me. Huh. Who would have guessed? Thought it hated the surface. I always considered myself selfish for summoning that thing in the first place. Wow. I feel like twice as shitty now. <clears throat> anyway, second question. Did you ever find out more about the Holy Folk? Nope. Well, no matter. A sly grin began to unfurl on his lips. I might have an idea. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> and thus concludes chapter 12. I feel bad because, I mean, oh, I was about to say the other way. <laughs> I feel bad because the mom went through so much, but also now I can't voice the mom anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be somebody else we can find. <laughs> yeah, we'll find somebody else. Oh yeah. But I like sure. being a mom and saying, "Do you know how expensive <laughs> HR? What the hell is this going?" <laughs> I listen. I would. Mm. I had a thought about what may be the issue with the Fiona's family in regards to the woods and the leshy. Ooh. Ooh. If we remember from Care our to... episode, if we remember from our episode with the uh, the leshy, which you know, hashtag shameless plug about the Wednesday shows. Hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wink, wink, so what's nudge. your theory? So we know that the leshy will mate with the females that are in its woods. Right. Right. Obviously, we would assume the males would become new leshies. What about the females? Oh. Well. There could be um, a whole line of like chosen females that help it and like cycle through. The when we. When we talked about it on Wednesday, the way I, f I understood it was that um, the, the females were like the outcasts of the human societies, and they would actually leave the human societies to 
wander the woods and eventually, I guess, just kind of got picked up by the Leshies and made into wives. Well, they're not in mm. the city, so they're outside of humans, human society, so check. Right. So and they're in the Leshies' woods. Check. That's check number two. But the Hula folk. That's what that kind of throws the wrench in it. I don't understand what they're after. Their angle in this is. It's my understanding right. of the Hula folk is that they're just us on a different, different uh, dimensional plane. Is my understanding of them. You know, we could just find out about all this if we just talked to Sooth, because I 100% feel that this is her. She probably knows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Right now, so. You know what? Exactly. That's like she's not here. This, oh, I'm sick, you know, my throat, I'm like, nah, you trying to figure out what's going on, you trying to get your soul back, that's what it is. <laughs> she's hanging out with Jace, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. No, Jace is her husband right now. They actually yeah, got married. So, yeah. Uh, out, so uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, we don't see her on a day-to-day basis, so for all we know, <laughs> she really could be wearing the wedding dress every day. We don't know. Yeah, you got she's a not, point. She's not sending pics of what she's wearing on oh, a daily. Wait, all of this already happened, and as a repayment to him helping her get her soul back, she fell in love again, and they got married, and that's why they're married now. Ooh. <laughs> and it lifted like, the, the spell that made her forced to wear the wedding dresses so she doesn't wear other stuff. She doesn't have to wear the wedding. <gasps> Big brain. Big there brain. you go. We, just, Big we brain. solved the case. We got Elementary, it. Elementary, dear Watson. <laughs> and if you think I know, I know she's going to listen to this later on. If you think I'm not going to message you after this podcast is done, you got another thing coming. I'm going to message you as soon as we're done. <laughs> as soon as we're done. I know where you're going. I know, I know you now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have your well, number. <laughs> this, this is my first time standing in for her, so I, I feel kind of I don't know. I feel kind of good being part of this whole story reading. I mean, we're on, what, episode 11 and 12 now. Yeah. Guess how many parts there is. Oh, boy. How many? I think, like, what, 28? Right, Dylan? Holy jeez. The last time we checked, it was in the high 20s. I'm sure it's, like, 40 or something now. Oh, shit. So they just keep keep writing and putting out new stuff, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, girl from the crypt over there on our no sleep. Nice. It, it just keeps putting it out there. Actually, I'm about to check. Let me see. I'm about to check. Submit it. Let me go to submit it. These are some really creepy stories. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. Um. No, we're Wait, still at <laughs> 29. Is the last one? Is the season finale? Season. Okay. Which means it could be a season two. Right. Oh. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. See, I I wonder That's if they plan. I wonder if the writer plans on like turning all of this into like one single like cumulative book. I don't know. I gotta go ask Sue. Because I'm not gonna lie, that'd be that'd be a really crazy story. I would buy that book. I would purchase that book immediately. Because this story, whether this is real or not, I true, do definitely do believe that it's true, and I think that is Sue. Um, I mean, but... the comments on Reddit are treating it like it's real. So right. I would well, definitely buy this book. That's how uh, No Sleep kind of operates, yeah. though. True. Really true. Um, it's true. But, girl, girl from the crypt, if you are listening, maybe come let us know, like, because we'd uh, we would like to know for for future if you plan on turning this into a book. And let me know because I would definitely. Yeah, I'm already. 
a big fan of uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Nobles, can y'all sponsor us, please? Thank you. <laughs> your your people call our people. We'll do lunch. Your, yeah, hello. <laughs> I already I love me some Barnes and Nobles. I could be I'm... in Barnes and Nobles. Everybody else my age would be like, oh, I'll be at the mall. No, my nerdy tail will be at Barnes and Nobles getting me a book or at least reading all the books I can. Is Last it bad time that I, was I in did? Noble, I spent like ninety bucks, and I only got like three books and a wand. <laughs> Is it bad that I didn't even know Barnes and Noble was still around? I thought they were what? gone. No, I think in okay. Malls now. Okay, so in the area that I'm in, like there's the harbor, right? And mm-hmm. right next to the harbor, there obviously there's an aquarium, and I think that's it's a beautiful giant aquarium. And then right next to it, it's the biggest Barnes and Nobles I've ever seen. When oh, that's I tell awesome. you that it's big, it's like three or four floors. Wow. And I looked at it. And we're like We went to the aquarium one time because my brother was graduating from elementary or middle school. And like they had this like whole kind of ceremony thing with them. And I looked at it. I was like, Ma. She's like, I'll get you a Barnes and Noble's gift card. Breathe. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, the one I went to was two stories. I went to when I was in Florida. There was two stories on that one. That was, that was cool. I'm pretty sure it's three floors for this one, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure I saw three, but it could have been four. The last time I went to any kind of Barnes and Noble, I think it was probably in like, geez, probably 2010, 2011. Mm. It's been a while. I I can't. I can't go to Barnes and Nobles unsupervised with two or three gift cards. I can't right. because I'm getting all of the books. I'm getting the the, the, the specialized bags because, you know, they got tote bags. You, you know, I got to get all the bookmarks, all of the all posters, of everything. I got to get everything. Do, do all of them have a food court or is it or is the one I went to a special? The one that is next to the aquarium, they are associated with some of the restaurants that's in that same strip. So like you can okay. go there if you want to. Yeah, they had their but you can, they do right have coffee in, the in there. They do I was have, gonna say the only thing that I've ever seen in a Barnes and Noble was like Starbucks. They do have coffee in there. It's not Starbucks, but I do know they have coffee, like a little small. Yeah, they, had, they had like coffee sandwiches. Hmm. We we, yeah. we got pizza. Oh, very. Oh, cool. gee, this is a good thing I'm not near that one because I would never leave. <laughs> there, there was a mall in uh, Tampa. It was an outdoor mall. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like just it's just street going through the whole middle of it, and the, and the shops are on either side of the street, and it's just a mall, but it's outside. <gasps> Tina's like, they've got food, they got bathrooms, they got books, and, they got they've and, even got chairs. I don't and, have to leave. And you want to know what's best? You want to know what's best? Here's the best thing that they have. They have air conditioning, like that good mm-hmm. air conditioning. I don't mean like just crappy air conditioning. I mean, you know, when you go to a hotel and you turn on that air conditioning that's next to the window and it like blows out the best damn air you could ever get. That ice cold yeah. air. Yes. Yes. With, yes. With, the, with the particular smell. It's yes. got this yeah, like yeah, yeah. clean air smell. It's, they got that kind of air and they got the comfiest chairs in the entire world. I don't know who is doing their chairs, but bravo. Bravo. I'm talking, you know, <laughs> July, Florida, and I'm sitting inside Barnes & Noble going, I need a jacket. Listen. <laughs> I don't like, go I anywhere talking. without a jacket or a cardigan or something. There was one time I went in one and uh, mom, like, dropped me off and she was like, I'll come back and get you in, like, an hour or two. And I'm like, okay, bye. You know, yes, love you, bye. <laughs> I went in there. She came back. And woke me up. I passed out. I was. I fell asleep 
with my phone. I had my earphones in playing music. I was reading the book and I fell asleep. And Ma woke me up and uh, the other, the worker was there and she was laughing. I was like, I'm so sorry. She was like, no, it's fine. It happens all the time. The room is, the place is all nice and cozy and you fall right to sleep. She said, it's completely fine. <laughs> I was like, did I snore? She said, no, I didn't even notice you were asleep till I came around. <laughs> I can move into a Barnes and Nobles. Like, yeah. I can move in. Just I miss bookstores. Walls, you know? <laughs> See, growing up, like, so my mom loved like antique bookstores. Mm-hmm. So whenever mm-hmm. we would go traveling or whenever we'd go out anywhere, she would always try to find the old, like, little dusty bookshops, you know, the little kind. And she would she would look for like the antique books and like growing up, that's like, I shared that love with her. So like we would go into the bookstores and she'd be like, see this book, this book's from like 1880. And she'd be like kind of browsing through carefully turning the pages and everything. And um, there were a couple of books. I was homeschooled as a, as a child. So uh, like part of my school books were like um, old first edition, like Ooh. history history of England by uh, oh, what's his face? Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot his name. It <laughs> he's like famous writer. Like oh my gosh, I'm. I think I know who you're talking draw- about. But I can't think of his name either. Um, I cannot believe I forgot his name. I feel really dumb right now. Anyway. He wrote History of England, and, like, that was, like, my history book. (laughs) But it was cool because I was, like, doing my schoolwork from books from, like, the 1880s. It was really neat. So she's got a whole bookshelf of, like, old, old books now. No, it it was, like, um... Like Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, kind of, like those kind of authors. I like that time period. Um, Peter something was it? Was it? I'm lo- I'm trying to look it up right now. That's what I was doing. That was just the first name that popped up. Charles Dickens, I think. Ah, okay. Oh, okay, so good old Charles. The I- yes, the ideal day for me wouldn't be like going to the mall because first I don't like crowds like that. I can't do crowds. But my ideal day would be going to Barnes and Nobles, browsing around, getting some books, going immediately next door to the aquarium and finding a nice spot where I can see the fish and everything. And reading one of my books, eating some food and then hitting the thrift store. Oh, oh. That does sound like a good day. So gentlemen, you know, if you're looking to impress. <laughs> <laughs> I would go there with anybody. I would go there with friends. I would. I probably was gonna bug my brother and go there with me. Like that sounds amazing. I. It's just. Uh, it, it's like all nice and cozy. I want to do it now. Damn. <laughs> Barnes and Noble sponsor us. And I, and I like Barnes and Noble, so that's that's saying something. I'm not even a big book guy, and I like them. <laughs> I have a book that's in my closet that I read so many times. It's by Nora Roberts. I love Nora Roberts. Um, And I read it so many times that I had to tape the spine 
back up because it was like breaking apart so many times. Like I've read it so much that it looks like it's been read a million times. Nice. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all for being a part of this and for joining us. Uh, Just so you know, we finished up warnings to the wannabe cryptid hunters 11 and 12. And let's see, the next time we're going to be doing, I'm assuming, 13 and 14? Mm. More than likely, yeah. Yeah. All right. And we'll have, I'm sure we'll have our, our host, Sooth, coming back next Feel time. Feel better. So. Feel better. We love you, Sooth. <laughs> love you. Miss you. <laughs> or should I say Fiona? Fiona, right? <laughs> the turns table. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Have a wonderful day.